You're listening to the Sun Series Podcast. What is going on, everybody? It is your boy, Andrew Leeses, and we made it to a second episode of the Sun Series Podcast. I'm really excited. The Suns just beat the Nuggets by a billion. I got my co-host, Mr. Ben Watson. Say what's up, Ben. Hey, what's going on? And we have our utility man, Mrs. Sammy Dales, the girl from Down Under. Hey, guys. How are you guys feeling after that big W? Oh, I'm feeling good, Andrew. It was a good win. I'm stoked. I'm ready to talk about this. Even Sammy, you even watched the game, didn't you? I did. I watched it, the whole thing. Okay, oh, so let's get, let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. The Suns went to Denver for game three of the Western Conference semifinals to take on the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic was presented with his MVP trophy today, by the way, which was just like, it looked very sad. I saw that, and that's when I started getting confident about the game. It just didn't look like, okay, I'm getting my MVP trophy, and I'm about to like go crazy on these boys. It just looked like, it looked like a going away party. Like, oh, like the last day of school, like the girl I liked just gave me like some, like a chocolate bar. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like this was about to be a legendary performance. What were your thoughts before the game? Uh, before the game, yeah, I, I was sitting in B-dubs with my dad. They didn't have the volume up very high, so I was just watching the trophy ceremony, but I don't know. My dad was talking during it, but yeah, you're right. It didn't look very lit. I saw a lot of laughs. Um, didn't look like a whole lot of emotion, but yeah, it was kind of... But awkward. nonetheless, there was a game to be played, and I mean, it started just like... I feel like it started very much in the Suns' favor. The Suns, I believe they shot 72%. In the first quarter, which, I mean, is absolutely nuts. It didn't even look like the two were playing the same game. I tweeted in the first quarter, like, I've had more intensity, like, in a summer league game. Like, I've been more worried about those games. It's just, it felt like the Suns are the much better team right away. I mean, it was indicative of that really quickly. Devin Booker was getting what he wanted. Uh, Aiden was still playing good defense on Jokic. Uh, what, what were your thoughts early on in this game? Early on, uh, I just remember sitting there thinking, you know, very efficient first quarter, obviously. They scored like close to 40 points in that first quarter. Uh, I was feeling really confident. Uh, at that point, I think um, Book look, looked pretty locked in. Aiton got a couple early points. And I, after the first quarter, I was like, okay, I think we're going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it got a little sloppy in the second quarter. I just, it looked, and I said, and I tweeted this too. I don't know what you think, but to me, it just looked like the Suns knew they were the much better team right away. And obviously the last two games of that kind of were like their proof that they were the much better team. So to me, it just looked like they were kind of going through the motions and they were still up big, but that that kind of enabled like Denver to get that little run to like make it a lot closer than it was in the second quarter before half. It just, to me, looked like the Suns got really comfortable and, and I'm curious to, to see what you think about that, but they got very comfortable and just like, they started turning the ball over. They were being careless with it, really. They weren't having great possessions. And it just, to me, it still felt very in hand. But, like, did you notice some of that carelessness? Or would you put that more on, like, would you credit Denver for that? Or what are you thinking? Yeah, the second quarter kind of felt like a regular season game, to be honest. Uh, I, I was sitting there, and obviously, you know, I was telling my dad before the game, I was like, I would be nervous for this game, but, like, we have so much buffer. We're up 2-0. And I think... Kind of in that second quarter, the Suns were feeling the same way. Like, it, it it didn't seem super high intense, and I mean, it worked out for them in the end. Like, yeah, they they didn't look super locked in in that second quarter. The third quarter looked great, but the second quarter, the, you're right, it didn't seem like they were going all out. And that's and that's like been kind of a trend this series, hasn't it? Where it's like the Suns, like they come out kind of strong, but then they allow the the Nuggets to to kind of stay in the game for some reason in the second quarter. 
and I will talk about this a little later, but the reason that really scares me, and I, I don't want to get too into it right now, but it's like, you know, if you do look ahead, you can't do that against the Jazz or the Clippers, really. You know, those teams are fully, like, the teams are fully loaded. They have all their weapons. And if you think you can just turn it on in the playoffs every single time in the third quarter, it is it's it is really dangerous. But I'm curious, as somebody who, you know, what isn't the most experienced uh, NBA fan, hasn't watched the most, has been watching for about a few months, I would say, almost a year now. Sammy, what were your thoughts on the first half for the Suns, the first two quarters? Well... I kind of agree with you. I mean, we we kind of talked about it uh, earlier, but I also think I think the Suns were getting a little bit too comfortable with their standing um, being two and zero. I think that they kind of had that, and they I don't know. I, I could be biased, but I think they're the better team. But I think they were thinking that too, and they clear. weren't they weren't yeah. playing um, like scared. I think they should have played a little bit more scared so that it wasn't as close as it was. You think they were like too loose this game? Yeah, because I thought it was sloppy too. I mean, Booker was dropping the ball a lot. Like it's just I don't know. It was it was very careless. It definitely wasn't game. clean. It wasn't. It was it was the furthest thing from a clean second quarter. That was actually a pretty good analysis from Mrs. Sammy Dales. Um, yeah, I mean it, it wasn't smooth. I don't know if you have to you know necessarily play scared, but they should play. They should, they need to play with that kind of like hunger, which they weren't playing with in the second quarter. It was just kind of like, we're the better team. We're just going to come out here, roll the ball out, and it's going to work out. But, I mean, let's get into the third quarter, which, I mean, credit to the Suns. It seems like every single game this series, they just come out firing, and they can't be stopped. They, they can't miss a shot. They, they're playing great on defense. They're rotating. Uh, Chris Paul, who kind of struggled in the first half, by the way. He wasn't really himself. He finished with 27-8. And six, he had three steals. He had only two turnovers. He, he played really well again. And, I mean, he wasn't hitting those mid-range shots in the first quarter. But it's just so devastating when you have that one-two pick and roll with him and, and Booker being able to control the ball with eight. And it's just like, what do you do, right? It's like you either you help up and then Aiden has a free lob or you don't help up. And then, you know, Paul's going to make that mid-range eight times out of ten. Like, he's so money from there. It's just like – what do you see in the mismatch problem, uh, Ben, with, like, Jokic, obviously, like, a great offensive player, but, you know, he's slow-footed. He's not a perfect, like, it's not a perfect uh, matchup for him. I would say it's a pretty bad matchup for him with with these guards and, and Aiden. What do you think about that mismatch? Yeah, I think I think the, the, the Aiden-Chris Ball uh, connection kind of puts him in a really bad spot. Um, obviously, he's not the most athletic. He can't jump up and stop the alley-oops. Um, so he's, if he gets caught in that no man's land when he's trying to defend in between, uh, Paul and Aiton, you know, it kind of sets up that, that mid mid range shot and, uh, or it can set up either the mid range shot or that alley-oop. And so I think, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a really bad matchup for, and I don't even think it's um, just Jokic Jokic either. You see how, like, how. Book, no, no. CP, and even Mikel, like they, they, anytime they have uh, MPJ on them, they go at him every single time. Michael Porter oh, Jr., yeah. for as good as an offensive player as he is, he's he's a sitting duck out there. It's same with Jokic. It's like you can kind of tell after the first half of the first game, like, okay, like the Suns, you know, they played this Lakers series. It didn't go their way. Like, I mean, obviously it went their way. They won the series, but it was a little harder. It was harder to score points. Um, but you saw that after the first game. You're like, okay. We don't have to worry at all about scoring the basketball. It's all about defense, but I mean, it's just it, they have their matchup. It's a bad matchup for Denver, you know. Even with Aaron Gordon there, like he's not stopping, but he's not. Austin Rivers isn't stopping him. I just think Monty's done a really good job of 
seen it. I mean, that's been the Suns' biggest strength all year, that pick and roll that they have. But Monty's really, like, focused in on that. And he's, he's attacking Jokic every time. And I think something that they don't really, like, talk about is, and I want to get your thoughts on this, like, people don't really talk about how Jokic, how great he is on offense. But if you really make him work, we saw him on offense. I don't know if you noticed this. Like, three straight possessions, just a mid-range shot, like a set shot. He's not trying to go to the basket. He's not even taking a three or playmaking. He just – he seemed gassed, don't you think? Yeah, I think – yeah, I think Jokic, for as amazing as he is, and obviously he's the MVP, he put up, you know, good enough stats and carried his team well enough to be, you know, awarded the MVP. But I think just – he kind of – to me, he's almost like – uh, this sounds weird, but he's kind of LeBron-esque in the way that you watch him and you're like, he could dominate down low every single yeah. time. The way that LeBron, it feels like you could watch LeBron and he could take it to the rim every single time against yeah. these I opponents that are obviously but I think, so much less. I think, again, that's you know, credit to Monty. Smaller. I think that's credit to Monty because yeah. whenever he does take a, like a step in the paint, I mean, obviously Ains has done a great job of defending him straight up in the post. He's done good. But they're sending three guys in the paint at this point. They're sending Crowder and they're sending Mikel there to bother him. Book does the same thing if Mikel's on the opposite side. Book will crash down there. Same with Crowder. And those are like strong dudes, like like really strong dudes. They're like they're like Crowder's what, six six, six seven? Book around the same. Sturdy dudes, like muscular dudes. So you have eight in there. And at this point, I think it's pretty obvious. They're daring the Nuggets to hit shots. They're they're daring Composito hit shots. They're daring Austin Rivers because they don't want to let Jokic, you know, drive to the paint. But to me, what's even more impressive is just the the fact that how good Aiden looks against Jokic. Like, I mean, it was talked about how Jokic said that that was his toughest uh, matchup this year. But obviously, like, I mean, he's putting up his numbers, but it looks hard. It looks hard for Jokic to score right now. And it's just, it's weird because coming out of college, obviously, DeAndre Aiden had all those question marks about his defense. It was funny because the, the, the certainty, obviously, back then was that he's going to be a great offensive player, but can he play defense? And now he's... Coming off a series where he gave Anthony Davis like real problems. It wasn't like, oh, we're just man like manufacturing these stats. There were real problems that he was giving Anthony Davis when he was out there. And now he's facing the MVP of the league and he's giving him problems. What did he shoot? Well, I think while well, Ana was in the game, I think Jokic won like eleven for twenty seven. Which is like I mean, that's an amazing job by Aiden. And not to not to like not to forget the fact that Aiden had fifteen rebounds in this game too. Like he's and he, you're not gonna count the block shots, but it feels like he's contesting every shot, doesn't it? Like like, I, I posted a clip. He's contesting Jokic and MPJ in the same series and getting the rebound. The, what do you say Aiden's like? I want to see, like, how valuable you think he's been. Like, what do you rank Aiden in terms of his uh, – how valuable he's been to the team over the playoffs? Like, do you rank him first, third, second? Like, I'm, I'm curious. Hmm. I think it's hard to say because it's really hard to, like, kind of quantify how important Chris Paul is uh, with how intelligent he is and the way he manipulates games. You know, a lot of the stuff that Chris Paul does goes way over my head in terms of basketball intelligence because, you know, he's like the Einstein of basketball. But yeah, guys like me and him, and LeBron, we just have a different understanding of the game. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But like, I would say I would have to put him third. Um, I would have to put him third because. I think he's really close with Chris Paul in terms of impact throughout the playoffs. Okay. Obviously, there's games like this game. I think Chris Paul impacted the game 
a, a fair amount more than Aiton. But obviously, the, earlier on in the playoffs against the Lakers, there was games where it was quite obvious that Aiton was impacting the game a lot more than Chris Paul, yeah. especially when Chris Paul got injured. Um, so I, I think with his defense, it's something that he brings to the table every it's single huge. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, I think... Chris Paul brings so much on offense with his playmaking. Um, so it's it's really hard to compare the impact of the two because, you know, on on yeah. different ends of the floor. Well, I mean, obviously CP, you know, he's a table setter. He gets everybody in their spots. He keeps them calm. I, 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 me, 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 a certified DeAndre Aiden hater, I'm going to go as far as to say Aiden's been our most important player of these playoffs. And I know that seems like a hot take because Book's been doing good and obviously CP does what he does, but – Say what you want about the injury. The first game, we don't win that without DA. DA went crazy, and he, he would neutralize AD. He's been huge. And, and, and this series, too, like, think about the numbers Jokic is putting up. Imagine those numbers if Aiden wasn't there. Because when Aiden's there, he really doesn't put up those numbers. He puts those numbers up when they switch or, you know, when Aiden's out of the game for a little bit. But, like, he has to labor for everything. Like, I, I'm really – I'm actually so proud of DeAndre, the way, like, he's just stepped up these playoffs. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this series – I think we went into the series. We knew what the matchup was, right? <laughs> Last series, it was okay. CP can that backcourt kind of give LeBron problems, and you know that that was the key matchup. This series, we went to right. We know Jokic against Aiton. Can Aiton give him enough trouble to where Jokic still going to impact the game? He's the MVP of the league, but where he makes some labor, where you make other people beat him, where he's tired, where you make him work on defense. I think I really do think Aiton's been the most important player for the Suns so far. Yeah, I think just uh, with. You could really see it in this game three. Um, for whatever reason, at one point, Monty decided to stagger the Aiton Jokic minutes. Uh, throughout the playoffs so far, he's kind of been mirroring, mirroring uh, the Aiton minutes with uh, whenever Jokic goes in, yeah. uh, Aiton goes in, and when he goes out, Aiton goes out. Yeah. Um, unless he was, you know, he, he kind of staggered them a little bit last in game two. Uh, because of a little bit of foul trouble early on for Aiton. But yeah. in this game, for whatever reason, um, Monty decided to stagger those minutes. I, I noticed that Saric was in mm-hmm. guarding Jokic for a fair amount of minutes, and you could see in those minutes how impactful Aiton was while he wasn't there because you could see Jokic getting to his spots. You could see him feeling a lot more comfortable in the paint, You know, putting up hook shots, putting up easy shots over Saric because Saric just doesn't bring to the table what Aiton does wow. uh, just with pure size and strength you know Jokic felt so much it, I think it was easy to tell Jokic was a lot more comfortable in the game when Saric was in yeah to I mean but you see him like you see Jokic after the game like even at the end of that game he looks fucking gassed like he looks yeah. it's kind of like the same look LeBron had and as he's trying to carry them and it's like it's really not Jokic's fault I mean Jamal Murray's out you know he tore his ACL MPJ's kind of been injured, and he's not that guy yet. Will Barnes has been hurt, so it's obviously not on, on Jokic. He's playing great. But the thing, like, what you have to do is Jokic, what he averaged, like, tw- like pretty much like a 28-point triple-double this season. <laughs> so that's his average. Like, it's fine if he gets that. But the thing is, like, the only thing you have to do is you have to make him work for it. And DeAndre's done that literally all series. And, I mean, to, to wrap it up the fourth quarter, like – I mean, was that not just like a clinic by CP3 with the mid-range shots, with mm-hmm. the assists? It, it felt a little harsh at times. He even hit a three. Chris Paul's back. His shoulder's officially back. I mean, 
that's why you go and get Chris Paul. I mean, I, I want to get your thoughts again on it. But, like, for me, I'm watching them. And while I'm watching it, my, like, whole thought is, like, I can't believe Chris Paul is on the fucking Suns. Like, we don't get players like him. You know what I mean? Like, we don't get Chris Paul. We don't we don't get these guys who they get the ball in a clutch situation. And, okay, we're up nine. You know, Nuggets just went on a 6-0 run. Mid-range shot. You know what I mean? Gets a steal. Uh, another mid-range shot. Assist. He just calms things down. And, I mean... I want to know like what goes through your head while watching CP3 because when I what goes through my head is just like disbelief that he's on my team and just like sincere like sheer appreciation for Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been said so many times, but that's why you go out and get Chris Paul is because you know Ricky Rubio he wouldn't be doing those things. He 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 can control the game with his playmaking, yeah. but he can't control the game. He doesn't have that pull. He doesn't get people open the way that. Chris Paul does because of how much gravity he has coming off of and and people picks. want Ricky to shoot the shot too which is yeah yeah exactly so you know Chris can shoot from any distance and um, you know that mid range is just so killer and it, it's just so it's so it, it it's so amazing to watch him compared to what we were watching last season with Ricky for how, yeah. how much I love uh, you know Ricky yeah Rubio. shout out he was, fans yeah. yeah he was he was amazing but. I think just Chris Paul is just elite, you know, top five yeah, I mean, guard ever. I mean, it's, awesome. and again, it's no slight to Ricky, but I mean, Chris Paul is one of the, to me, he's better than Isaiah Thomas all time. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, So in my opinion, Chris Paul is the fifth best point guard that's ever played the game. And it's like, it's just, it really is a joy to watch. And it just feels like any time the Nuggets would go on a run, they just, you know, the crowd got into any kind of rhythm or any kind of a, like uh, they got into it. They got excited. He would just chish him, and it was the best thing ever, and it's it's fucking awesome to have Chris Paul on our team. For the next part of this show, now we wrapped up the game, um, Sammy, you took some notes, right? So I don't know what the notes say. You know, she doesn't watch a ton of basketball, but what we're going to do is she's going to read us her notes and the key points in her notes, and we're going to try to break that down into a coherent basketball point <laughs> and what we see, and then uh, maybe ask her opinion on it. So, Sammy, can you uh, start us off with your first uh, talking point there? Yeah, let me let me pull it up really quickly. Um, this part see. of the show is presented by Polo Market. <laughs> you guys should go use my link because they give me money to just tweet links, and it's really nice of them. But their market is actually really cool because you get a bet on them, but you can buy stocks and you can buy shares, and uh, depending on the odds of when uh, for a team to win the game, you can actually buy more shares for cheaper. So. That's a sneaky There's, ad. Yeah. <laughs> out of so, nowhere. Yeah. Pulled it out for them, boys. I'm about to screen record this shit and send it to them. Give <laughs> me <laughs> <In> the bag. <laughs> so, uh, do you have those notes there, Sammy? Yeah, I got them. All right, read us your first one. I don't know what these say. So, this this is going to be listeners. This is new for us. New for you. <laughs> um, okay. One of the first things that I put was that I noticed that Aiton was playing a lot better than he did in the regular season. I watched a couple games in the regular season, and it seemed like he was cracking under pressure. Like, he got kind of flustered anytime you know he got okay. really close to the net and the, the ball was there, but it seems like okay. lately. So I have an idea. This is on the fly. For this segment, we're going to translate this into basketball terms. So that thing you just told me, so what she's trying to say, and we're translating this to basketball terms, she thinks DeAndre is really taking the next step, and he slowed the game down. He looks more decisive. He looks more engaged. Um, you know, he's not as panicky in those situations when he has the ball and he has to hand it off, and he just seems more locked in. Right, Sammy? 
Yeah. I think okay. I can call this segment mansplaining. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is literally mansplaining. All right, let me mansplain your next one. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, this one. Cam-splaining. Uh, oh, my God. Being sneaky. Uh, All right, so there you go. Okay. No! Oh my god, I got it! Sam splaining. Sam splaining. <laughs> no, that's it. Oh no. my god. Hell yeah, that's it. Sam splaining. Oh my god. No. Okay, uh, I also put down, and keep in mind, like, I didn't, I didn't write these notes as, like, like, looking at the game as a whole. Like, I would, I would watch for, like, two minutes, and I would, like, notice something, and then I would write it down. <laughs> so, we want to hear, like, your, like, silly notes, you know? We, yeah. We want to hear them all. Don't skip over any of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, Even, like, I, the Frank is cute. Well, I didn't. I tried to get actual notes this time because I'm a little bit more of an. I'm more of an advanced fan than I used to be. Mm. I feel like Um, this one I wrote um, very, very early on in the game, and I don't know how I feel about it now. But I put that the Suns' defense has improved a lot. Um. Okay, we can Sam explain this. So the defense for the Suns after the All Star break to the end of the season is actually in the twenties. So. You can kind of chalk that up to um, a lack of focus, you know, kind of getting ready for the playoffs. And you're saying this is since the playoffs started, Timmy? Uh, no, it was just this game. I, I you, you know, just it's this game. since when? The last game? Yeah. Yeah, you're on your own on that one. You got to give me the next one. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, this one I put – the other problem is – Game one, I didn't watch, and then game two, we were there. We were at so... game one. Oh, were we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, okay, wait. No, then I didn't watch game two. Okay, I didn't watch yeah. game two. So game one, I wasn't watching. I was more so, like, vibing, you know? Like, I was, like, cheering whenever yeah. we won. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, I wasn't really, like, paying hey, attention. $1,200 for her fucking seat so you could fucking okay, vibe. <laughs> but I was, I was excited. I was like, yeah, oh, no. that's besides the point. I wasn't really analyzing or my yeah. way of analyzing the game like I right. was this time. And I didn't watch game two. Yeah. So, um, I don't really know how the Nuggets have been playing. I've never watched a Nuggets game before. But it seems like... <laughs> Not a lot like of people have. <laughs> it seems like in this game uh, they are kind of bad under pressure. I don't know if maybe like the fans weren't into it or I, I, they were kind of intimidated by the Suns, but they seemed like they were kind of choking. Yeah, I think I think just they don't have that guy. Like that guy would be Jamal Murray, but obviously he's on the sideline. You know, he's sitting there on the bench. And we've seen before in previous playoffs, like Jamal Murray is that guy. That gets the team known, known Suns killer, by the way. He averages yeah, exactly. 60 points a game against the Suns in his career. Uh, yeah, last last playoffs, he he was, you know, an every team killer. Like, he was going crazy at the end of games. He he looked like a legitimate superstar, yeah. like, in that last playoffs. And I was like, oh, shoot, we're going to have to worry about this guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we get fortunate that they don't have him in this series, obviously. I think... I think this series would go a lot longer than it's going to go. Yeah. I, mean, I, I guess I don't know that for sure. I guess it could go to a game seven, but uh, I'm I'm at this point I'm thinking you know a sweep or a gentleman sweep, and but I think with Murray that this series goes to seven games probably. I think so too. And Sammy, I have a question for you. We're gonna play quick trivia, okay? Okay. What is Jamal Murray's nickname? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. What was his nickname last year? I'm going to give you this. Jay Murr. Murray the Killer. 
Cube Man or the Canadian Hope? Well, my initial one was the killer, but something about Pube Man feels like that's the right answer. <laughs> well, he was the Pube Man because um, he accidentally leaked a video of his blonde girlfriend um, giving him a sloppy top. So, so that was right then? Yeah, he's a Pube Man. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. Fun fact about that. My, like, like 50 people that followed me followed his girlfriend like instantly. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was a generational too. performance. Anyway, Sammy, any more notes? Um, I mean, all the, the other thing I have on here is something that we already kind of touched on where I thought that the Suns were being a little bit cocky and careless with their ball movements and there was a lot of right. missed opportunities. I feel like um, Booker, especially, I noticed, kept dropping the ball, which I thought yeah, was Yeah, it looked a little slippery. I don't know why. Yeah. Book was a little, like, in between, I would say. That's and how then, I explained that. Like, he was a little in between. We're like, and they had an audio of it, too, where he's like, Aiden was like, they're going to shoot that. But he was kind of, like, in between. He's like, all right, I just got to start shooting this ball and take over. Yeah. I think just I, I really hope that the Suns, uh, obviously, the, the Suns are way outmatching the Nuggets in this series, they're up 3-0. I really hope they don't get too comfortable in the playoffs and start Bro, to kind of lose feel like, that I mean, focus. a 3-0 lead has never been blown, but doesn't it feel like we could be the ones to start that? <laughs> like, yeah, here, like here's, my th- here's my whole thing in terms of not being comfortable, and I'm not, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, 3-0, we, okay, it's very like, okay, we'll just go back to the crib, you know, 3-1. If they pull one out on game five, like, somehow they come to the crib. Because, I mean, you got to remember, they were up 10 in game one in Phoenix. So, it's not like they can't play there. Um, they just got a little sloppy. They win that game. You got to go back to them for game six. The crowd's going to be probably crazy. You're, you have the pressure on Like, obviously, it's never happened. But, like, to me, you got to smell blood. You got to fucking end it. You got to, like, chop their head off. And you got to just – you got you to gotta, you gotta come out with the killer mentality. But I think that's what having the guy, like – uh, CP3 on this team does like I don't think he's gonna get comfortable. I don't think any of them are celebrating after tonight. They're like, okay, we gotta put him away. Yeah, think about it too. CP probably still isn't even 100. percent I don't. I wouldn't say. So I mean, you give him that time off, and you know, you just hope that LA and Utah kind of have like a long series. I mean, they're gonna have all that time off. I mean, you know, you could get scared that get a little rusty, but all that time off for those guys that like was have they've had all these games compacted and you know they didn't rest down the season uh, you know down the stretch that could be huge that could be the difference between making the finals and not yeah exactly i think i think the the three even just the three day rest that chris paul got in between series was huge for him and you know recovering from that shoulder injury and so i think if uh the clippers and the jazz they go far into their series i think that could be some really good rest time for the for the players. So I really hope that they they lock in for Game Four and complete the sweep because I think it would be huge for them in the long run if they get a couple day rest going into the next series. Yeah, I mean definitely. Um, I mean it's it was a great game. It was an ass whooping. I could feel it before the game. I didn't think it was gonna be all that close. So I mean that's that's pretty much it. I mean we kind of you know kind of covered it all, but. I mean, I, I have a Q&A here set up if you guys want to get into some of these questions really quick. Did you tweet um, one? Yeah, I, I tweeted some. They, they gave me some oh. questions. Um, well, this one's for Sammy. Uh, Sammy, mm-hmm. is Devin Booker good? Yeah. What do you think makes him good? Uh, knows how to 
play basketball really well. That's yes, really Sandy. true. That's <laughs> really true. <laughs> oh my god. Um, a few, a few here. Uh, let's see. Let's take this one actually from JJ Flowers, 22. He said, "I'll start it off and then I'll pass it to you, Ben." Um, he said, "Fast forward to the off season, which we don't want to do. We want to enjoy this, but still, regardless of what happens to the rest of these playoffs, do we play? Do we pay Chris Paul the big bucks? To me, it's simple. We've been asked for a long time. He came here. We weren't asked anymore." Don't overthink it. Don't try to be cheap and, like, pull a Joe Johnson and not bring him back, Sarver. Give CB what he wants. Let's keep being competitive and let's keep trying to win the championship. What do you think? Yeah, I think for sure. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to be paying him, um, you know, 30-plus or whatever in year, you know. How old will he be in three years? Like 39, something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 39 – I don't necessarily want to be paying him that much, but he deserves it. And yeah. it's like it, you you brought so much respect to your organization. And Chris Paul, he came and he took a chance on us. So I think yeah. we should take a chance on him for the rest of the season. And it sounds dumb. Like people of, are going to say, like, I mean, the, like the nerds are going to say, like, oh, you know, you don't pay people for what they did. But like, sometimes it is good business to literally do that. Like. Yeah. I mean, if you want, like, Chris Paul's one of the most iconic players to ever play the game of basketball. Like straight up, he's one of the best. He's point guard. Like, you have to pay the money because, I mean, this isn't just – our window isn't just until Chris Paul's here. We have Mikel Bridges. We have Aiden. Bro, these dudes are six, seven years away from their prime. Like, like straight up. Like, these dudes are going to get a lot better. Same with Book. He's still about three, four years away from his prime. So, you got to just keep building a consistent product, and you got to just keep winning. Um, let's see. This one's from Trey Youngston. He said, is Booker proving the doubters wrong and putting on the notice? What do you think, Ben? Um, yeah, I – I think that's a pretty easy question. I, I was, on, I, honest to God, I was worried uh, coming into the playoffs uh, just with the uncertainty of Book. But we know that he's a killer. We know that he is very, very good at basketball, as Sammy would say. And yeah, I think is. that his game actually is very, you know, complementary to playoff basketball because – the mid-range game is just it seems to be unstoppable and it seems so damn important you know looking at it now you you think back to just how many games we've won and how many games we've just you know blown the lid off of teams um just off of because you know because of how important that mid-range game is and and not to get too distracted in terms of like uh, you know go somewhere else with this but I don't know if you watched the Clippers game when the, they were down 21 at the Jazz. The reason they got back into that game is because, yeah, excuse me, Utah's a great team, great three-point shooting team, but they don't have that mid-range really aspect to them. Mm-hmm. So if they go cold for four minutes, like they're going to blow that. They blew that lead in about four minutes, six minutes. So we don't really have – because, like, I mean, you watch tonight the Nuggets. They would make these runs where they cut it to seven, where they cut it to nine, and then a mid-range shot, and then another mid-range shot. Because we're not we're not dependent on the three ball. I mean, you know, people want to make you depend on three ball, three ball or layups. That's what they think. But we have, I mean, we have guys that can just like have, uh, for lack of a better term, they have bags. CP's got a bag. Campaign has a bag. Um, Book's got a bag. Like these aren't guys that are just shooting up threes or layups or or getting fouled. Like they they know how to create, and they're not gonna. We're, we're not like susceptible, uh, susceptible to like huge runs against us because we have that. You know, it's an easy shot. It's a 16-footer. You take it and, you know, you kind of calm things down again. Yeah, exactly. I think with our whole starting lineup, that mid-range shot is uh, pretty much everyone has that in their arsenal. Yeah. Like, you know, besides maybe 
Jay Crowder. He, yeah. he just he. I mean, that's what he does. Like, he can specials. get hot too and just like go off for like five threes in a row. Yeah, exactly. He he hits that three point shot, which is all we really need him for because yeah. on the other Spaces end he's doing floor, so much. Yeah. But all four other guys, Chris Paul, he he shoots you know one of yeah. the most efficient mid range shots you know ever. And then Devin he gets, Booker, he gets yeah. he's partnered by somebody who's like the most efficient like mid range shooter in the game. Today. Yeah, exactly. Devin Booker so. is one of the best. And Mikel's out of that too. He's out of the. Yeah, you know, he's not as polished, but he's out of the. He can really get. He can even get to like ten feet and comp, almost like a floater. He's mm-hmm. been getting and ones on that too. So I mean, his 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 development's been huge for that too. Yeah, Mike. Uh, I've seen you know Mike and Sam. They were complimenting him and saying just how it's you know basically unblockable that shot yeah. from the mid range from Mikhail because of how long he is. Yeah. Um. Here we go. Um. I gotta be quick with this one, but will Mikael Bridges progress to the level of Depoy defensive of the year? I mean, I think he will. I don't know how many. I don't know if they really like to give it to like wing players nowadays because I feel like Gobert gets it every year or like Giannis, like rim protectors. But I mean, do you think Mikael could be a like a, a what do you call it? Um, a defensive player of the year type player? I think. I think maybe. Um. It's. I think it's a lot easier for people who rack up blocks and yeah. I think this year, his his steals actually um, regressed. I think his steal numbers regressed this season. I I, I asked someone and they gave me a really good response as to why uh, Mikhail's steal numbers have gone down so much this year. Kind of. I think it was like a one point two steals per game yeah. last year, and this year he was a point six. And it's pretty simple. It's because he's put on the best player every single night. And he's not there sitting back, casually sitting in between passing lanes. Because he has to be up in the grill of Luka. He has to be up in the grill of LeBron. He has to be up in the grill of all these amazing guards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's really not that much of an opportunity to jump a passing lane like he might have been able to in the past when he didn't have those assignments every single night right um let's see what we got here <laughs> Ta- suspended tommy says how come the suns won't bring back tyler ulis how do you know that how do you know tyler ulis doesn't want to come back to the suns maybe it's that you know don't slander my organization um so we have any real ones here to finish off um what do you okay wonder with this one uh t underscore tip four <laughs> um he said what do you think it would take for this team to lose I think Michael fucking Jordan would have to come into his prime, <laughs> dress up in a jazz uniform, and hope prime fucking LeBron James comes, and then maybe they could take us to six. That's how I'm feeling right now. What do you think it takes for this team to lose, Ben? You mean like this series? I think I think they're talking about these like Western playoffs, probably. Oh, really? Um, I think it would take the whole starting lineup to like snap their legs, which could happen. I mean, we're Suns fans, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, you know, we got that kind of luck. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know why you just said that. Don't say that. Take that back. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. I did that too. <laughs> Dude, you're going to be the most hated man in Arizona. <laughs> when, when the whole starting lineup snaps it. <laughs> in yeah, unprecedented I'll, I'll take it fashion. At that point. If I call yeah. that, like, <laughs> I got to take it. Well, I mean, this was, I mean, this is a fun episode. I mean, it's always fun when we win. We're going to try this up like, what, tomorrow probably? I mean, it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, like, how are you feeling? Like, just overall, like, wrap it up here in a sec. But how are you feeling? We'll start with Sammy and I'll with you. Sammy, how are you feeling about this series? You think 
you think they end this series next game or you think they come back to the crib and end it or you like how you feeling about it um i mean i don't know i'm again i'm super biased but i really think they can end it game four how you feeling about you need to end the game four you need to have a little pride um yeah i i think they close out at home i think that phoenix the you know the phoenix suns arena previously the talking stick arena is gonna be not free clouds don't rocking. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um <laughs> but i think i think the stadium is gonna be rocking i'm really sad because i haven't been able to go to a game this year and it looks so damn fun in there um but i i bet the two for anyone things. that's going to the game and if you're listening to this please please get that place rocking like it has yeah. been even though we're sitting 3-0 don't get comfortable no nah. you know uh, you know knock off the roof in there and me and sammy are going to another game probably pretty soon here good but yeah, uh yeah, i'll fly out and you can take me yeah we'll see but uh <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean I, I i think we probably sweep them i mean if it's a gentleman sweep it's whatever but i don't think chris paul's gonna come out any more aggressive i think he's gonna come out the same way or any less aggressive i should say we're gonna try to kill him and i think they're gonna beat him by a million next time too i think that's just the way the series goes i think i think the, the nuggets are pretty much broken but i mean it's fun like and this is just to suns fans if they're still listening i mean like enjoy this shit man like really enjoy it don't be looking at like i say i say stuff to that i look ahead but like every win like talk the most shit you can like chug with the fellows like talk shit on twitter enjoy it like watch the highlights over and over again like pretty soon it's gonna be off-season draw and you're not gonna have anything to worry about or not any 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 new content you know so just really enjoy it man we've been waiting for this for so long don't get caught up in 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 wanting to win a ring (laughs) if i learn something and this is gonna sound really unlike me because i'm very competitive but i've learned this as i've gotten older it really isn't and and i can say this now and it has uh it's valid because we're up 3-0 so I wouldn't just be saying this because we're going to get eliminated. I, it's really not all about winning. And I it, it might not like to hear that if you're really competitive. I'm the most competitive person I know. I think Sammy would tell you the same. I'm the most competitive person of all time. Yeah. But you really got to enjoy these times, man. Because, like, the one thing you'll never forget is, like, for me, like, going to a game and having, like, the like time of my life with Sammy. Or I'm watching the games at home and going crazy with my brother. Like, that's what you're really going to remember. So really just I'm asking you guys and like imploring you guys to really, really enjoy this time because it's fucking lit, man. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And I mean we're used to it now for this season, but I mean you know, we saw how like uh the heat the heat went to the finals last year. They didn't even make the or you know, they they got swept in the first round this year, so let's enjoy it. Let's live it up. Let's fucking rage. Let's go crazy at the games. But let's enjoy it, man. Don't look at it too much. So on that note, I'm going to end this podcast. Ben, do you have any final words? Um, no, I would just say that, you know, that's very heartfelt coming from you, saying that's not all about winning when I know how much you rage. And I mean, all me I want to do is win. And, like, yeah, I've always felt like, playing, like Whenever we're playing, like, Roblox Call of Duty, you're, like, yeah. screaming in the mic so, or something. <laughs> but to me, and uh, not to get too heartfelt or have a crazy shit, but, like, the Suns have always been more to me than just winning. Like, while I was growing up, I'd watch the Suns. That was the first team I really, really loved. Like, I was a Packer fan first. But the Suns were like, I'd watch them with my cousin who was a Laker fan. So every year, we'd watch Kobe against the Suns, and we'd talk shit. I'd play against my cousin 
I'd have my son's jersey, he'd have his Kobe, and my clothesline done because Roger Bell did that. It's like that's the shit I remember. I don't remember how much we won a game by, but I remember that we we're having fun, and I remember that like, I'll never forget that. Like what's happening now? Like I'm gonna tell my kids about this shit. I'm gonna tell my kids about when I went to the game, <laughs> when I got crazy, when I saw LeBron play, when I saw the MVP play. So it's all it's winning's really important, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is like having fun and just really soaking in these great times. Especially in a time like this, you know? We're trying to get out of pandemic. Everybody's it's looking better. So we're looking up. And I just I want everybody to have fun. Any anything else from you, Sammy? Uh nope. Go sons. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to end it. Let's fucking end it in Denver. I don't want to win any more games. I want to go on to Utah or on to Clippers, but I'm lit. Suns in four, baby. Let's go. I'm really excited. I appreciate you for listening to this. It means the world to me more than you'll know. These days, there's a lot of words about me on Twitter that aren't true, but I appreciate the people that can see through the bullshit and through the lies. So stick with me. All I care about is making people happy. I'm not a perfect person, but I always give you all I have. And I always will. So I love you guys. Go Suns. You are listening to the Sun Series Podcast.